Happy Tuesday. It's a Pop Culture Tuesday here on the Steve Day Show podcast on Westwood One. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. This podcast each day is powered by CRTV. And gentlemen, we just concluded production for today's CRTV show. Let's give the audience a taste of what is to come. Aaron, I'll start with you. Boy, we laughed. We cried. I think we were all emotionally moved at one point or another. Just another day that ends in Y on the Steve Day Show. Everything's great. Also, I want to remind everyone, if I could, if I could, um, we still have, with the exception of extra larges, we still have a supply, a stock of Dumbest Last t-shirts. You can email me with your size and address dumbestlast at gmail.com want to put that out there been meaning to for the last uh, week or so we had a few people who um who signed up for some but never actually ended up paying up if you're serious about wanting one dumbestlast at gmail.com and after you watch our introductory video put together by aaron you'll understand the need to have one of those t-shirts yeah. uh it, it, it's as your spirit animal uh, of sorts. It's quite frankly, I'm amazed we uh, we kept going after that introduction and didn't just say the hell with it. <laughs> well, we didn't even get to, we ran out of time, but I mean, last night, Michael Cohen's attorney, Lanny Davis, admitted to BuzzFeed News that uh, he just flat out lied. He was the source of a story. He was the anonymous source CNN quoted as saying Michael Cohen was going to testify that, was it? I think it was, that Trump knew about the Trump Tower meeting. Donald Trump Sr. knew about the Trump Tower meeting of the Russians. That's what it was, right? right? And that he was the source of the CNN story. He was their anonymous source. Laney, he admitted this. Laney Davis did. That he was the source of their, he was their anonymous source. Then he went on Anderson Cooper, yeah. reiterated it. And at, by the way, CNN never told you that he was their source to the story that drove them to talk about it in an instant Cooper that night because they were doing a show based off of this scoop. So they brought their scooper on television who was their anonymous guy and he just lied about it. I have, we just got done talking yesterday about the Catholic Church and all its problems. So lying, um, deceit, etc. is is not part and parcel uh, to the things of the left. But I ask you an honest question, see, based on everything that the left does believe today, and again, we highlight some of them in the intro. What possible code of ethics can the left point to to say that lying is wrong? Exactly. Or killing or anything is there, wrong there, well, for that nothing, matter. Nothing. I mean, you're at a, you're, what you just described is postmodernism. Yeah, yeah I mean, why not lie? The, the, why you're not? dumb if you don't. Yeah, there's the, the, you're exactly right. Okay, just making sure. And, that's, that, that's an, and I, I don't want to go off on this tangent again, but it is why. Those on our side who want to emulate those tactics are going to lose badly. Because what's poison times poison? Uh, just a different batch of poison. Yeah, zero times zero is what, Aaron? What's zero times zero? Zero. Zero. 
So fighting this, fighting postmodernism with postmodernism, we're just going to end up with more what? Postmodernism. Which means no truth, no standards, nothing. I mean, their justification would be our policy outcomes are so preferable that by any means necessary. Yes. You know who just said that last night? Quote unquote Christian pastor Robert Jeffers said those exact words last night. Wow. Said those exact words. The, the, the character of the president is irrelevant. What matters is the policies he gives us. You know who would agree with that? Lanny Lucifer. Dave, well, oh. <laughs> oh. I am tempted to just end this right here. Man, and, what do you expect? And just let that, I know, it's my, it's my fault. That's why I am tempted to just end this right here and just let that just dangle out there. But we owe Westwood one more than four minutes and 47 seconds, okay? But uh, Lucifer aside, that's what Lanny Davis would, that, that's what he would say. I, I was lying like that. Trump is so bad. His policies are so bad that I have, you know, he has to be stopped. And Robert Jeffers is saying Trump's policies are so good. He has to be protected no matter what. There's no winners there. Everyone loses. Only villains, no heroes. That's what you're describing. And that will be the outcome here. If we continue to go down this road. But I've done that show before. Audience doesn't need to hear it again, especially because unfortunately, I, mean, I saw a headline in the Christian Post last night, Trump had a dinner with 100 evangelical leaders. And several of them were talking about spiritual warfare. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> there is a, there's, a, there's some spiritual warfare going on with some of you in that room, as a matter of fact. So we don't need to do this show again today because something tells me we're going to have opportunities to have this conversation again and again and again. But yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Well, if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV and you would like to join up so you can watch us, the great one, Mark Levin, Stephen Crowder, Michelle Malk, and the entire team, CRTV.com is the website and use my name as the promo code DACE at CRTV.com. You'll get a discounted subscription. How discounted? A quarter a day for an annual subscription is all it will cost you. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. All right. Are we ready for some Pop Culture Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, this one, um, I'm not sure if, how, at what geek level are we going to here? Well, if this doesn't work, blame it on one of our producers here at Conservative Review. I'm not going to out her, Ricky. But this was her idea. And yes, I went along with it because I thought it was good. But if you guys don't think it was good, I'm going to totally say it was her idea the whole time. I just want that out there up front. Got okay? it. Uh, it'll be that woman you gave me. She gave me this idea and it wasn't my fault. Okay, it's not my fault. All right. So she sent me a column by The Federalist. So Pop Culture Tuesday is oh about the- boy, The Federalist. Know, about the intersection yeah. between culture and conservatism, right? And this is a piece because there's been some controversy recently about whether Batman's been turned into an atheist. And doing some reading about this and- the guy who's writing Batman right now insists he has not turned Batman into an atheist, but he remains an Episcopalian, as he always has been. Which, if that's true, there's some jokes there. Because the, if that's true, that he hasn't turned Batman into an atheist, the joke there is, by showing, showing off more of his Episcopalian side, people are mistaking that for him becoming an atheist. Exactly. Right? Isn't that kind of the joke yes. there? 
So as a takeoff on this conversation, uh, this is a column by Hans Fine or Fien, F-I-N-E, at at the Federalist, and it's your updated guide to superhero and supervillains religious affiliations. Are you guys ready for this? Probably not, but let's go. Absolutely. All right, right, so we're going to start with Professor X from the X-Men, okay? He writes, highly revered by his followers and largely mysterious to the outside world. The leader of the X-Men claims he can neutralize malevolent psychic parasites within people's minds. He's also confident, well-spoken, and quick to reveal your darkest secrets if he deems you a suppressive person. Religion, Scientologist. Yes. You I like, like that? that. You like that? Thumbs yeah. up or thumbs down, Todd? I think thumbs up. Both two thumbs up? Yeah. Cyclops, also of the X-Men. Arrogant and bossy, this laser-eyed mutant is always convinced he's in charge, even though nobody likes him. Religion, Calvinist. <laughs> you, is you Calvinism a religion now? A little too close to home? <laughs> I thought it was funny, actually. <laughs> I resemble that comment. Yeah, I resemble that remark. Um, Although, no, don't send me your emails. I'm not a full-blown Calvinist, but I certainly agree with several of of, of its principles. Um, thumbs up or thumbs down? What do we think? Thumbs up. Thumbs Who up. Who was this? Uh, this was Cyclops from the X-Men. Oh, <laughs> sure. Okay. Thumbs up. Iron Man. Charismatic, self-promoting, technology-obsessed, Tony Stark is an accountability-despising beguillionaire who justifies his opulence and recklessness by insisting that it's all for the betterment of the world around him, and he's also a womanizer. Religion, televangelist. Who Uh, wrote this? Hans Fine, or Fien is his name at The Federalist. F-I-N-E is how it's spelled. It, it, except for the part about womanizing, if you liked uh, 16-year-old boys, I'd say Catholic bishop. Ooh. I can say that. Ooh. Like, Ouch. There was a lot in there. You Too go soon? Back. No. I'm Catholic, no. Yeah, was, yeah. no. Too Thumbs late. Up or, oh. Thumbs up. Dude, you just went over the top on yourself. What that was he, impressive. What did he just say? I didn't hear. He, he, goes, not, he goes, not only was it not too soon, it was too late. <laughs> Over the top, dude. You climbed the top rope again and gave him another leg drop. I'm impressed. Uh, but thumbs up. Thumbs Aaron. up. Thumbs up for no, you? Thumbs down. You don't, you're, okay, thumbs no. down. All right. Tony Stark, Than- televangelist? No. I'd be thumbs up, but I'm going to let you guys decide. Thanos, a green organism-loving mopey boar who is utterly obsessed with resource scarcity. Thanos is convinced that the best way to save the planet and the universe is to eliminate half the population. Religion environmentalist yeah thumbs up total thumbs up total thumbs up i mean it'd be hard to mess that one up right that's your low-lying fruit on the list probably okay wonder woman socially awkward young woman who keeps blathering on about her devotion to gods and goddesses that nobody else has worshipped for thousands of years religion wiccan no you're not doing that to wonder woman no yeah i haven't even seen wonder woman yet and i'm saying no you still haven't seen it yet? No. Or Rudy. But we, so we weren't supposed to... Thanks, we weren't, thanks hey, for that, Todd. Yeah, we weren't. <laughs> thanks for that. I thought you were supposed to forget about that. Yeah. The time that I said I, I hadn't can't. seen... <laughs> it's etched my soul. Apparently, I scarred Steve and Todd earlier today by telling them I hadn't seen Rudy. I don't even know what it is still. <laughs> 
he did. That's true. Thanks it's for not this that opportunity. Just, I think we are going to end this now. <laughs> <laughs> 11 minutes is enough. <laughs> it's true, people. It's true. Oh, my gosh. It's not what Rudy is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally unrelated. What's your dad's cell phone number by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wonder Woman Wick Wiccan there's no way we're doing no. Wonder Woman like that yeah I agree no. I think that's pretty cheap actually yeah. alright Black Panther an almost irritatingly polite man Black Panther faithfully takes part in the secret rituals of a society centered on precious on a precious metal buried in the ground via divine intervention unlike the previous generations of his people however he now wants to share those treasures with those of every race religion Mormon Mm. That's okay. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> okay, I'll go with it. I, if, if I can at least, if it's not the first thing that came to mind, but if I can appreciate what he's doing, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. The Hulk. He's normally a kind and thoughtful individual, but whenever Bruce Bra- whenever Bruce Banner grows angry, he morphs into the Hulk, an uncontrollable ball of fury and violence. The Hulk loves to smash his enemies almost as much as he loves to smash the guys on his own team. Religion, traditionalist Catholic. Mm, I'm not feeling that this one. That doesn't no. feel right at all. No. No. Spider-Man. Peter Parker. No longer exists. Religion, Shaker. What? I don't even know what that's a reference to. Do you know what that's a reference to? Let's look it up. They, I mean, they've killed Peter Parker a couple shaker times. Shaker religion. I've never heard of the Shaker religion. Uh, Shaker's United mm-hmm. Society of Believers in Christ's Second Appearing, more commonly known as Shakers, is the millennarian restorationist Christian sect found in the 18th century England. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard of them. So yeah, they never, they don't exist anymore. So. Oh, okay, so yeah. that's that's why I yeah. got you. Okay, Venom. You guys know who Venom is? Yeah, Eddie Brock. He's the he, he's where the, coming he's out. Where yeah. the black suit went when Spider Man rejected it. It went to Eddie Brock. Okay, he became a creature, an antihero called Venom. This sharp-tongued Spider-Man arch-villain is a hero in his own mind, but he struggles to find an identity apart from being the guy who hates the guy who threw him out all those years ago. Religion Lutheran. That's kind of clever. Yeah. Don't you think that's kind of clever? Yeah. Okay. I know with Todd, it. Todd doesn't want to answer this one. He's trying to be polite. Okay. No, he's actually giving up all polite. He's in. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. Yeah, I thought you would. Catwoman, a 30-ish white feline-obsessed American woman who is prone to win a man's heart, steal his money, and escape to a carefree existence overseas until she gets the urge to start the cycle over again. Religion, eat, pray, love. Oh. <laughs> See, I don't know what that's a reference to. I don't know what that is. A book. Isn't Eat, Pray, Love basically Hinduism or Buddhism or something well, like that? Well, it's just a... Pagan. All of it put together, yeah. yes. It's a it, it's a book turned into a movie. One of the best Roth Douthit, Ross Douthit columns I've ever read is about what age... He's the New York Times, yes. who's actually a Christian columnist, yes, right? Yes, a Catholic. And he wrote... The, this is a decade ago, but it it's just scathing of this along these lines of what just a false religion this entire thing preaches so in other words he was blasting the majority of his newsroom essentially yes okay i can't who would no i've i so load that who are we talking about here catwoman wow i can see based on your description i can see it she goes good she goes bad she goes good she goes bad and the pattern just begins over and over again i can totally see okay it. i'm in 
Okay. Yeah. Circle of life. Magneto from the X-Men. Again, this guy likes his X-Men. Although Jewish in the comics, Magneto gives us many reasons to think he's converted to another faith. He constantly gossips about his best friend, steals members from other flocks, and obsesses over flashy headwear. Local waiters also say he's a bad tipper at Sunday brunch. Religion, middle-aged Baptist church lady. Sure. Yes. Okay. That's a stereotype. All right. But it seemed to go over flat. We had like a half a second of dead air. Well... Well, I don't get, uh, that one was fairly transparent, but like with a lot of the Babylon B inside denominational baseball, like there's, yeah. there, I, I, sometimes like I'll have to ask one of you guys, <laughs> sure. am I, why is this funny? Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Another, fi- another, another member of the X-Men, Wolverine. This stocky mutant is a grumbling grump with a penchant for killing the women he loves. Religion, founder of the Church of England. <laughs> Now that's good. <laughs> nice. That's good. Little Henry VIII that reference is very there. Nice. All right. Finally on this list, Lex Luthor. When the dunderheaded masses look at Lex Luthor, they see an eminently successful businessman and lovable philanthropist. But beneath the humanitarian exterior lies the heart of a power-mad criminal mastermind bent on world domination and overly complex real estate schemes. Religion, whatever Elon Musk is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think now. Now, to be honest, who did you think he? What do you think? What did you think this was going to be? Uh, I honestly, I, I didn't. No, I, I'd say if I complex real estate schemes, power oh, mat, yes, Trump, sure. Weren't, didn't you think that's sure. how this was going to end? But it ended with Elon Musk. That now this whole thing seems like a long walk to get to him wanting to say that about Elon, Elon Musk for some yeah. reason, but that's cool. It, uh, he's a, by the way, the guy who wrote this says he's a Lutheran pastor in Illinois. So one state over and the creator of Lutheran satire, a series of comical videos oh, and yeah. det- intended to teach oh. the Lutheran faith. So Aaron doesn't great. know Rudy, but <laughs> Lutheran said, oh, oh yeah, those guys are great. <laughs> yeah, no, those are great. Those are great. Oh. There's one on St. Patrick. You would love Todd or no. One of the guy's name is Patrick. Never mind. So that's it. That's that's the that was the, uh, that was the, that's list. the religion of superheroes. So, yeah. So what are the your the big takeaways from this? You think are what? Because well, um, I I I you know, you, you, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, <laughs> <laughs> I keep interrupting you. It's okay. Sorry. Right, go ahead. I've done um, it to you enough times. Go ahead. Yeah. I I. I it is surprising how stereotypical this guy can make every single superhero. You think superheroes are kind of exist outside of stereotypes? Right. No. Not so. Not so. Because when you look and it, it looks like they're going away from it now, but um when you look at the cinematic universe that Zack Snyder was trying to create with the Warner Brothers. Um, where does in Man of Steel when Kansas farm boy Clark Kent is discuss, is is considering whether the threat of these uh, alien invaders that were criminals on his on his homeworld as a child um, it, whether this merits him essentially announcing himself to the world who he really is where does he go where does he go where church. does he, he goes to church to seek that guidance out. He goes to church to to figure out is this my place, right? Is this is this how how I'm being called? Is this where I'm what I'm being called to, right? 
when you get to um, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, the three main characters, Lex Luthor, Batman, and Superman, are all united by one common theme. Um, fatherly alienation. Now, for different reasons. In Batman's case, it's it's random evil in the world. They just they went down the wrong road one night. They've gone to the movies a million times. This time, they just happened to go down the road or go down the wrong street. And, you know, a bad guy named Joe was there with a gun and killed his mom and dad in front of him. And you see it play out later in the movie as an adult where he thinks it's his place to make make sense of the world when it doesn't. There's a certain Ayn Randian impulse driving him that um, of his own power, of his own individualistic steam, not guided by any higher principle other than his own sense of self and mission. Um, he decides that order, objective order needs to be restored. And I know someone will listen to that and say, well, Steve, that sounds like a progressive, the idea that I can, uh, I can remake the world. And there's, there's some similarities there because both of these philosophies begin with a certain godless premise. But the progressive works and seeks to change institutions within them. I mean, Batman just goes full-ass John Galt. He isn't, he, I mean, I mean, Atlas has shrugged now, and he is, um, he's taking the matter into his own hands. There's no long march through institutions here. You know? Um, Superman loses his father in a sacrificial act. His father gives up his own life to save his son. His, then the, his earthly father, in the Man of Steel movie, gives up his own life to save his son uh, and to save others that are caught in, a, in the weather disaster, right? And so watching the two men, one that, whose DNA he has and the other one who raised him, watch them, watching them lose their lives in a, in a selfless way, sacrificially putting others, including mainly Clark or Kal-El, ahead of themselves, influences his, his desire for altruistic service. And so seeing, seeing the selfless, I guess we would call it Christ-like way, his two dads give up their lives for him and others. He follows that path. And then with Lex Luthor, you see a father who treated him as a utilitarian construct. A father who, he was... Um, he was there to take over a family business I didn't want to ever lose control of and it was essentially my entire and whole life. It was everything about me, how I define myself, my identity, everything. And my son only matters in as, lo- it, 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 as long as he plays into that path, into that mission. But when, when his desires and, and need for my time conflict with what I think my, my path is, you're discarded. And we see the influence that that had on him. 
And there's and and you can see Lex Luthor is so broken by this experience that he recognizes evil recognizes the good. He recognizes what Superman represents. He recognizes the the altruism. He recognizes it. And that's why he seeks to corrupt it and conquer it. And it, at the point that he thinks he's reached that nadir, what does he say to Superman in the movie? Now God bows to my will. That's what he says to him. I mean, there's some deep stuff going on here, even though they may not always be executed as slickly as what Marvel's able to do. And maybe, and we've had this conversation multiple times, maybe they don't even know how deep that they... And maybe they, they don't. They get sometimes. And, and maybe, and maybe but, they don't. But that is the root, when, when talking about Lex Luthor, that is the root of everything demonic and evil. And I'm saying demonic literally, I'm not saying that as uh, pejorative, and I don't mean that. I just used that term multiple times yesterday. Tr- truly, of the devil, the root of that is... Um, is the the very first lie and the very first lie um is the the lucifers the evil ones that is his aim and goal in his existence is to be like god and at Mm -hmm. least to just spit in the face of god as much as as possible ye be like god so it is the lex luther character attempt recognizing um recognizing the altruism the man of steel um and saying i need to tear that down just an it just the visceral need to tear yes. that down that yes. is analogous with the devil yes the the, the 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 altruistic good cannot stand yes that's exactly right on the money so i mean superman was originally created by two jewish guys to be a derivative of of moses with sort of a secular christological bent you know just as moses was sent up the river you know from a civilization from what was at that time sort of a a a doomed civilization where firstborn where children were being targeted you know superman is sent into a rescue ship and sent away from a from a doomed civilization i mean that you so saw the all of the parallels are there when richard donner made the original superman film i mean he they quote liberally from the new testament the Gospel of John is quoted from several times in that script. Um, when they when they did Superman Returns, when the with the guy uh, Brandon Routh from right here in Central Iowa as play the role, and they they made that film as if Richard Donner's two Superman films were made and then they stopped, and Superman's three and four were never made, and so it picks up from where Superman two kind of uh, it, it's meant to pick off some pick up a few years after it left off, and. It even more more overtly, the son becomes the father. The father, the father becomes the more overtly quotes from it. So these aren't that these aren't those aren't those are not accidents. That's overtly being done. Brief second. I I can't believe I've never asked you, but I haven't. What do you think about that Brandon Ralph Superman movie? It's almost entirely forgettable to me. I hardly remember anything about it. I remember Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor, but I I. Don't even remember the plot at all. You know, I went back, watched it again recently, hmm. and um, it's fairly well made, and it has a really good setup. The CGI, it it looks more Phantom Menace ish. 
I mean, some of the Superman. I mean, there's a there's a one of the best scenes in a Superman film, and any of them is when he saves in this movie when he saves Lois in the plane and he lands in on the ball field. Yeah, it's a yeah. great scene. I do but, remember that. But you watch that CGI and it looks more like the pod race from Phantom Menace than some of the more uh, developed CGI that mm-hmm. we see today. I think they made. Um, I think they made the same mistake in this movie that Warner is making now with Superman, although it's it's not as bad. But this idea of being so concerned about making Superman relatable that you remove what makes him Superman. See, they think they have to make a movie about a guy named Clark Kent who happens to be Superman. It's the, they, it's the other way around. I mean, the beauty of the Christopher Reeve, Richard Donner films is he's Superman pretending to be Clark Kent because he needs to, he needs, he needs, to, and, that, and the clumsiness of Clark Kent is a metaphor for this alien being trying to find a, this pl- a place in this world where he happens to serve as its de facto protector at the exact same time. In, the, in this modern incarnation, because of postmodernism and everything else, there's, I think there's this idea that they have to flip this paradigm. And so now Clark Kent is the believable character and Superman is not. Except when you go to the movie, is the movie called Clark Kent? What's no. the movie called? Superman. Superman. Is the movie called um, Enterprising Reporter? Or is it called Man of Steel? What's the movie called? Man of Steel. So guess what the highlight needs to be? What, what needs to be believable? That he's an enterprising reporter or that he's the Man of Steel. I need to come out of there believing which one. Man of Steel. Man of Steel. I think that's the mistake they keep making. He's not human. I would say the same thing to the creative team at DC and Warner Brothers, what I'd say to your favorite sport, Major League Baseball. Worst mistake you could make is to be defensive about your distinctiveness. Don't be defensive about your distinctiveness. Don't change your game. Maybe you can do a couple things to speed it up, but no one is... <laughs> with the with the amount of commercials NBC NBC takes, I'm gonna I'm in for a four hour watch Saturday night with Michigan and Notre Dame. Am I gonna complain about that? Uh, you certainly are not. No, most people and mo- yeah, most, mo- people, and most, most people aren't. Are. Yeah. Most people aren't because I'm entertained. So it's not about the length of the game. Um, what, what baseball should do is acknowledge the distinctiveness of it, and instead make it a destination place. Where I could take my kid to an IMAX movie, I could I could do laser tag, I, you know what? During downtime, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there's and, and and instead of changing the game, recognize that people are looking for a place to just come and hang out and watch Netflix and multitask. Why can't I do that at the ballpark? Sit outside in a beautiful 83 degree day, and I'm binge watching my favorite show on Netflix with the greatest Wi-Fi connections in town, and I'm watching the game, and when when I hear the crack of the bat. That's when I look up. You know what I'm saying? Recognize what your sport is and 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 apply it. Don't don't alter it. Apply it to the conditions of the culture of this day and age. And I would say the same thing to Superman. He's not human. Don't change that. Don't humanize him. Use that to your advantage. People are we're, we're, there's a reason why we're doing so many movies. This has gone on for 10 years now. Zombies, vampires, apocalypses, this, that. Nihilism, you know, a lot of people, on one hand, they enjoy it. 
when it's the porn on their computers or their video game, Grand Theft Auto video games. But when they turn all that stuff off and they have to live in the world, you know what? They kind of hate it. And so this obsession with apocalyptic um, content is a subconscious cultural zeitgeist yearning. Someone put us out of our misery, which is another way of saying someone save us from this. Have Superman fill that role. Don't alter the paradigm. Don't make Clark Kent the hero and Superman awkward. Superman is the hero. Clark Kent is awkward. I think that's, I think that's the part they keep getting wrong is they think they have to make Superman relatable. No, I need, I need a Superman. Clark Kent's who's relatable. Make him relatable. And the struggle Superman has to become relatable through this human uh, alter, alter ego that he has. Because that's actually where you would find some common themes. One of the things that Stan Lee said about why he made Peter Parker originally a 15-year-old kid is because that awkward teenage stage. A lot of us, you know, feel we have greatness within us, but we struggle to manage simplistic interpersonal relationships. I think that's where the relational part of Superman comes into play, where Clark Kent is the vehicle for that. But don't mess with Superman. Don't make him the emo Superman that he was in the Brandon Routh film. You know, don't make him the unsure, what do I do, you know, um, cornered Superman that he was in Man of Steel. Make him the hero. Have Clark Kent be the one that struggles to find his way. Final thoughts, gentlemen? That, that last conversation or that last monologue that you just went through, it's kind of one of the reasons why I was disappointed with um, with the last Jedi Um particularly Luke Skywalker's character. Yes, he was... This is not to take away that the performance of Mark Hamill was the best, I think, of any of the actors and actresses in that movie. Mm -hmm. So this is not a... This is not a commentary on on the acting ability. It's the character. Um, You said that... I, I believe that Hamill spoke... Not Hamill. Skywalker's character in Last Jedi spoke to you because he's further along in his life than you know it's just it's seeing the character arc of him mm-hmm. um kind of spoke to you in certain ways i i didn't i didn't it made me uncomfortable to see luke skywalker the chosen one struggle because of what you just pointed out about mm-hmm. superman mm-hmm. i want i want somebody to be larger than life i, I want to see that in the movies and stories i want to see somebody who is just like i'm uh you know a force of nature of course I, skywalker is not yoda i understand that yoda is more of the kind of the force of nature even though he does die uh, but that was one of the reasons, one of the things I was frustrated about in the Last Jedi. Of oh. course, I, the only and I reason- think if I were your age, yeah, I'd have felt that way. Yeah, and I think if 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 maybe even I would, this was three, four, five years ago, I would have felt that way. That movie came out. You guys were here. I talked about it on the show. I went through a lot of those sorts of existential struggles Luke goes through in that film. I have gone through for the last couple of years in my own mission, calling, vocation, etc. And so. I found it very relatable to the situation I was in, and especially the fact that he that he becomes the, he still manages to give himself up to do what needs to be done at the end to become the hero. Okay, but if I weren't in that place in my life at that time, and if I were younger and Luke weren't the hero, I probably would feel exactly the same way that you do. So I totally understand that. Yeah, I I give you a helmet sticker for turning 
Steve's own words against him on his love of The Last Jedi. So I was not trying to instigate anything. No, yes, I was. Nonetheless, <laughs> I thought that was that was fantastic. Uh well, I, I defer to you uh, on your um, Superman uh, lore. I think it's really interesting um, how you in particular react knowing all those things because on the one hand, uh, to the degree that any of the comic book movies have been a success, it's uh, that they have been this worldly. Marvel has managed to put superheroes into this world. Yeah, but you and know they did it. They did it the way I just described. Well, that's what I'm saying. But there's to, so to find the sweet spot. Yeah. But to not neuter the fact that dudes were talking about superheroes here at the same time, and obviously I've said it many times before. Marvel exceeded my expectations in ways I can't even uh, fathom. I mean, they absolutely did. But it's no small thing to fight to try as much as we talk about it to try to thread that needle and obviously that's why we talk about a lot of failures too yeah i mean captain america this the struggle is steve rogers is struggling to fit in as a man at a time a man that from a time of absolutes and lines are clearly drawn he struck but the heroism of captain america is never questioned thor is struggling to fit in in the first movie as this immortal being, but you know, once he's worthy of the hammer, they don't like take some of his powers away. What, what Marvel has done masterfully is exactly what that, that's why this wasn't, I should have just said this. It's not even my idea. Basically what I'm saying to DC is learn from what Marvel has done. Don't be, don't be defensive about how powerful Superman is. Instead, give the audience the hero it's clamoring for. And have the relatable part be when I'm, I can't be Superman all the time. And so when I'm not Superman and I'm trying to live a normal life, how do I do that? They've done it the other way around. They've, 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 they've made, they made that, and that, you know, he goes, to, he goes to the church, which is great, but his real identity is not Clark Kent. It's Kal-El. He's not from this world. He doesn't have the abilities we have. And that's the difference. The difference is, you know, in, in Richard Donner's movies, Kal-El goes and seeks out his legacy to become who he really is. In this, in this incarnation, iteration, it's the other way around. He's really, he is, he's really Clark Kent. And even, as, and even Martha, his mother, says to him, be their monument, be their hero. That's a great scene. You don't have to be anything they want. That's that's not Superman. I'm sorry. That's and that's that's why you, you he's an altruistic hero. You cannot postmodern him. That's why, you, especially next to Batman, how are you going to out utilitarian Batman? Do you know? He's a construct of utilitarianism. I mean, so it sounds like you're starting to like even the movies you've liked in it in the series less and less because they're just not going anywhere. I mean, you, no, you I, like the first two Superman I, I, I movies. I love them. I love them, actually. But you're but finding I, but more and more problems I'm because finding of where why it's they're going. Struggling to, why they're struggling to get the audience that they want. And the reason they're struggling to get the audience they want is because other than Batman, they, they, did, they nailed it with Wonder Woman. 
But other than Batman, they haven't shown they truly appreciate who the character is. They don't truly appreciate who Superman is. They think they have to change him. It's like Superman with consultants. You know, same thing. That, that, the reason Wonder Woman worked, because that was Wonder Woman. She's not human. She's a woman out of time. She's from another time, another era. She represents a different value system. That's why it worked. The scenes where she's trying to travail World War I era London. See, Diana Prince is the caricature. Wonder Woman is the person. What they've done with Superman is they've said Superman is the character and Clark Kent is the person. Wrong. Wrong, as, as Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor says in that movie. Wrong. It's the other way around. All right, we got to go. Thanks for tuning in. Because if, do, if we don't go now, I'm just going to keep talking. All right? And nobody wants that. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Don't forget the CRTV show. Use my name as a promo code, Dace at CRTV.com. If you have time today, click subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. If you have even more time, leave us a review. Those really help. Thank you to all of you that have already done that. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.